all of the writers across America have gone through the tape now that the 2021 season is over, and they have all come to the unanimous decision that Rashawn Slater is really, really good. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons now. This is our fifth as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thanks for making us your first listen today to make sure you never miss a show. Go subscribe to our new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we have to pay tribute to a man that deserves all of the tributes, and that is Rashawn Slater, who has gotten some more accolades that definitely will you know, be on his mantle along with all the other ones we already know, going along with All-Pro and Pro Bowl as well, and also Nick Neiman getting on the Pro Football Riders of America all-rookie team for the 2021 season. That was good to see, including we have to also talk about a mock draft redo from last year, redrafting the 2021 draft where two Chargers end up being first-round picks and Rashawn Slater gets taken a hell of a lot higher than he did the first time around. Then we're going to try something new in segment two, get into a throwback Thursday. Tell us what you guys think about this one. We're going to go back and revisit some of the games from last year. We want to kind of break it up so it doesn't get monotonous and we can kind of revisit some of the big moments, including the first game of the season against the Washington football team seeing that there was no sophomore slum for Justin Herbert, realizing how great Rashawn Slater is and more. And then to wrap up the show today, we're also going to be adding in something special. Since it is championship weekend, we have the Locked On Now people coming in to give their keys to victory for the Giant games this season. So Eric Crocker, former NFL player for the Locked On 49ers, you're getting it to all the best hosts going into this championship weekend. ESPN LA's Travis Roger for the Rams and much more. So make sure you stick around with that. Hosted by Kim Becker, host of the Locked On Now podcast where they cover everything going on in the sports world but david it's time to give props to the guy who deserves it the most and that is rashawn slater and like i want to know how many you know off seasons we went through where we had to like say left tackle every day you know it's just like chargers every single left tackle, one like, that we've been the host of any chargers podcast so yeah it's over six years yeah <laughs> we're like it was every off season it's like you're going into it like, okay, how are the Chargers going to find their left tackle, right? The left tackle of the future. Yeah, like Who's going to protect Phillip Rivers, right? Yeah. Totally. I mean, it was like the King Dunlaps of the world, right? And you were just kind of throwing people out of that position. Nobody really took. And then even Russell Okun had one good season, but obviously was banged up and had some other, you know, health scares that were really, you know, something that affected it. But they yeah. didn't have this dude. And like to see somebody be so good so quick and to get honored by the Pro Football Writers of America as the – all rookie team. I mean, that's obvious, David, because like it wasn't just that he was one of the best rookies in the NFL, right? But we're just one of the best left tackles in all of football. And that's what you showed when you get, you know, the all pro nod that he did. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rashawn Slater was an absolute animal all year long. And, you know, we're going to get into, you know, our, our, in our throwback Thursday, like it was apparent very, very quickly that this dude was the truth. And it wasn't just in pass blocking that he's going to uh, run you over and run blocking. You can trust this guy. 
he, he really, really gained that respect and gained that trust level with the players, the coaches, and the fans really, really early on. And he did not Most importantly, that. Justin Herbert, right? And right. gaining his protection as his blindside protector. Yeah. I mean, and just made it to where Justin Herbert knew that he can, you know, he's going to be in a comfortable pocket. He's going to be able to make all the throws that he wants to make. Just to have that level of peace of mind to get an all-pro left tackle in his rookie season, like, that is special. I mean, I think you can arguably say he was, what, the second best tackle in the NFL? Uh, I mean, that that's absolutely unheard of for a rookie. And the Chargers have their left tackle finally. Yeah, and I mean, he stole two votes away from Trent Williams in the all-pro voting. Right? Trent Williams dude, was ridiculous. Yeah, the clear, if anyone was going to win it unanimously, I mean, he would have deserved it because he's definitely better than Rashawn Slater. But, like, the fact they were even mentioned in the same breath as that dude, who is a straight up, you know, high alpha male, the guy who calls himself the silverback, right? Because he's just such a freak athlete. I mean, yes, you're doing something right. And that's one of the things about Rashawn Slater is like you look at him physically, you look at him at the combine, and it doesn't look like anything physically dominant, right? He doesn't yeah. just have like last year, Ben Cleveland, right? 6'4", like 340 pounds. He takes yeah, off his shirt and he has dude, a six pack. Right? Yeah. right, yeah. And the drive boss says, you see Rashawn Slater. I mean, I remember when I saw him first at training camp and I was just like, he's not nearly as tall as the other dudes especially the other tackles he's next to, you know, and then of course he's standing next to Matt Filer, who's a giant. Yeah. The other tackles are guys like Trey Pipkins, who's also a giant, but the dude is so freakishly athletic. I think that's one of the most underrated parts of his game oh, is yeah. just how athletic he is getting hands on people in open space. And the amount really of, you smart, know, smart too, such a yeah. smart player. Like he, he knew when to let go, when to not get those holding penalties. Yeah. To kind of let the play go on. We saw a couple of examples of that where Justin Herbert really benefited from that. I mean, just to see that level of play, that technical level of play out of a rookie was really, really special for Rashawn Slater and the Chargers. Yeah, and he wasn't the only Charger that got mentioned on here. And I mean, I wasn't necessarily expecting a second Charger just because, I mean, Rashawn Slater was the obvious choice, but there was also some really good receivers. So that kind of throws Josh Palmer out of it. Trey McKitty didn't do much from a production standpoint, at least offensively. Great running blocker, numbers. Right. But they did have another one, and it was their sixth-round pick, Nick Neiman, coming in as the special teams all-rookie team member from the Pro Football Writers of America. So I thought that was really cool because he was sixth in the NFL in total special teams tackles, you know, right at the top of just rookie special teams tackles. And that was such a big thing for this special teams unit was building a new younger unit, and he was a bright spot on that really early on. Yeah, definitely. And I think you saw uh, in in training camp when you got to see some, you know, snapshots like th- this guy's got some athleticism. This guy's got some yeah. twitch. He's got some speed from the linebacker position and it really showed itself on special teams. I mean, he was he was a demon. He was always around the ball. Even when when he was playing linebacker, he was around the football and he was making tackles. And I think that really uh, resonated when he was on special teams. He got better uh, and better as the season got on. And that kind of opened uh, up some opportunities for him to get out there on defense. I just think the only thing for Nick Neiman, if he wants to get on the football field more on defense, he's got to put a little bit of weight on so he can shed some blocks a little bit better, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was out there very little, right? I mean, he yeah. was the basically fifth string linebacker when everybody was healthy behind Bong, who was an undrafted free agent this year so that was i mean not a big part of his game this season but he also just got a lot better at special teams as well and it just makes me wonder like can he develop into something we don't really know after one season he looked really good in the preseason but so did nick DeZubner, right who ended up being a great special teams player but never really a great linebacker and if you're getting that out of a six-round pick i mean the floor right now is for him to be a four-core really good special teams player but the chargers rookies did get mentioned 
again by the draft network this time they were honored because they were redrafting the 2021 draft class and as you would probably expect Rashawn Slater moved way up according to the draft network he moved up to number seven which is funny because that's originally where Panay Sewell was selected right and then Sewell ends up sliding to them at 13 in this redraft but another charger sneaks into the first round with Asante Samuel Jr. coming in at 22nd he has the Titans taking Asante Samuel Jr. over who they took in Caleb Farley, who was in the first round. And I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. was like the seventh corner drafted last year, and he came in and played really, really well. And I think out of everyone, he is the guy I'm most excited to see going into year two. I mean, Rashawn Slater, you know, like, I, I think he's going to get better, which is scary for the rest yeah. of the league. But like Asante Samuel Jr., like, I think that dude's going to have the biggest leap from year one to year two when we see him come out in 2022. Yeah, for sure. I think you saw all of the traits that you're looking for in a corner. You're looking for somebody who's tack- who can tackle, who's physical, who can tackle in space. A guy who's going to be sticky on routes. Who a, a guy who has a very you know a very good memory in the fact that he doesn't hold on to his mistakes. He will learn from his mistakes. He'll go to the next play, and he's ready to go to battle once again right after that. And I think that's something that's really, really, really important for a young player, especially a corner, because. You know, that position, you're pretty much trying to limit failure as much as you possibly can. Um, but I think it was a great learning experience for him in his rookie year. And I think he has all of the tools to get much, much better. If the Chargers improve their pass rush, I think you're going to see a very, very special version of ASJ in year two. Yeah, I mean, he just, even the big plays he gave up at times, almost every big play where he was like, you know, beaten by a couple yards or beaten badly. He almost always came back to make a big play later on in that game. And also, many of the receptions he did give up, I mean, even in that last game in overtime against the Raiders, like he's right there almost breaking up a pass on that final drive by the Raiders that maybe changes everything, right? But he was right there. And that happened Deontay Johnson against the Steelers. It's in the end zone, but you have Asante Samuel Jr. right there raking at the football, playing the ball. And he showed some ball skills for sure in year one, which is something that Michael Davis, you know, going into the year five, is still kind of trying to figure out. So some ball skills you just can't teach. That dude has it. I think he'll have, you know, four or five interceptions in his second season. But you could see it right away with those dudes in game one against the Washington football team. So we're going to highlight some of the things that we took away from the first game of the season with all the hype behind Brandon Staley and how the Chargers went out and went 1-0 against the football team coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys about the best app going right now, and that is the Get Upside app, the app that everybody who drives and gets gas needs to know about because this is something my listeners are saving money on every time they go to the gas pump. All you have to do is go download the free GetUpside app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free, and you guys can start saving money at the gas pump today. And if you guys, since you listen to the show, want to download the app, you can use the promo code to TOUCHDOWN and save $0.25 cents or more per gallon on your first fill-up. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN and save more than $0.25 cents on your first fill-up when you guys use that promo code on the Get Upside app, and there's no downside with it. I mean, if you're a rideshare driver, food delivery, you guys can save hundreds of dollars per year on gas at gas stations you probably already go to already. And with the Get Upside app, there's no downside of how you get the money because they'll put it straight in your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can get it in Amazon and other big gift cards as well. But make sure you guys remember to use the promo code TOUCHDOWN when you download the free Get Upside app so you can save 25 cents or more per gallon on your first fill-up and start saving today.
All right, David. Well, now we wanted to do something that was one of your ideas. So if it was a bad idea, everyone can blame you for it. But <laughs> we were talking about doing something. Sounds good. Where we go back and look at the season. And we didn't want to kind of just drub everyone in the head and kind of rush through games. So I think on Thursday, sometimes we might just throw a couple throwback Thursdays in here to kind yeah. of revisit some of the big moments throughout the 2021 season. Because I think there is a lot that we realized or even early on in the season, right? And some things that the Chargers can definitely carry forward with them. So what a better to start than the first game of the season against the Washington football team. The hype level was crazy. Justin Herbert, rookie of the year, going into his second game. You also had all of the Chargers changes, not just with Staley, but the coaching staff. The entirely new offensive line. And we were talking about Rashawn Slater. I mean, it was him versus Chase Young. That was one of the big storylines of the game. And all he did was go 52 pass blocking snaps and give up zero pressures, zero hits, Zero sacks. I mean, you name it, he gave up zero of them. And we were like, okay, we had heard, but this is for real. Oh, my God. What is it? Was it ever? I went back and watched the game again just to refresh my memory. And it was very clear on just that first offensive series where the Chargers cut right through the the Washington football team like a hot knife through butter. Everything they did was effective. When they ran the ball, they were getting six, seven yards yeah. a carry. When they were throwing the football, they were getting seven, eight first downs. Like they were moving the football and Chase Young did not get anywhere close to Justin Herbert early on in this game or ever at all. Uh, He had to switch sides, which was a theme that we would see a lot in the 2021 season when it pertains to Rashawn Slater and the pass rushers who tried to get the better of them. Uh, Newsflash and spoiler alert, not very many players got past Rashawn Slater and that, that was very evident for us very early on. I mean, there was only 26 times all season, according to PFF, where someone got past their, you know, Rashawn Slater and even pressured Justin Herbert in 17 games or 16 games for him as a rookie, over 1,100 snaps that he ended up playing. I mean, just ridiculous numbers. The Chargers are so lucky that they hit on that pick. And to get redrafted against the guy, you know, that everyone thought was the sensational generational type of pick and Panay Sewell and no shade. I mean, we probably would have taken him over Sewell or, you know, over Slater as well at the time. Yeah. But to go do, and then he was good. <laughs> he was still really yeah. good. Panay Sewell was really good, but to have it be so clear that the Chargers made the best decision, even just out of the two of those guys, let alone just what they needed from a yeah. personnel standpoint, to have it be that clear and obvious that you're the better dude when people were labeling you a guard, <laughs> right. <laughs> Coming out potentially. So like, I just thought that was so cool to see that in that first game. The other person that you saw come out and not skip a beat was Justin Herbert, who was coming out of the rookie of the year season, going into you know his fifth different offensive coordinator in six years, not knowing how that's going to look. And then the offense looked good, even in limited positions. This was a weird game, though. This was the game yeah. where Justin Herbert like fumbled out of, you know into the end zone, but it was really oh, an incomplete God. pass in the red zone. That was a big play. He ends up going for 337 yards, though, and he just was super impressive. Like, I remember thinking in that game, like, okay, well, this is year two, and you're still seeing the same, you know, great throws that you were seeing in year one. Yeah, and he spread the football around to everybody. I mean, he was hitting Keenan Allen for for first downs. He was hitting Mike Williams for first downs. He was getting the ball to Jalen Guyton in space and letting him him do some creating in that first game, which – I'm kind of upset that we didn't really see more of that. It seemed like when whenever he gets the ball in his hands, he's really patient in the open field, and he, he does uh, you know make some people miss and get some extra yards. We saw that a lot in this first game. It was a really good first game for Jalen Guyton in this one, watching this one, uh, watching this game back. 
Um, but yeah, the offense was phenomenal. I mean, you know, no matter who Justin Herbert threw the fo- throw the threw the football to, it was a very successful play. Whether it was Jared Cook or Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, I mean, all of those guys were getting open, and it was they're getting open by a lot. I mean, Justin Herbert really showed everyone that the in this game, besides that, you know, really, you know awesome interception honestly like by William Jackson that was a really really good play by him besides that one bad throw Justin Herbert put on a clinic and and when he really needed to play his best down the stretch to win the football game he was able to orchestrate a game-winning drive when we saw how big of a a role that Mike Williams is going to have in that game too because we heard about it being the X receiver he's going to get all these targets we saw it and we saw the connection that him and Justin Herbert had gone, you know, throughout the offseason going into yeah, Justin Herbert's second year. One for sure. And they were throwing him different kind of passes where it was like he didn't need to be open, you know, back shoulder, come back yeah. routes where it's just like bang, bang, the ball right. has Jump to be ball on you. Jump ball type plays. Spot. It was a lot of different type of plays too. Exactly. And, I mean, we got to see that a little bit more. But going to what you were saying about that last drive, though, that was something that was impressive. And you also got to see the aggressiveness of Brandon Staley in that game yeah. without it being all of the fourth downs. It was just the last drive because the Chargers were up by four. They got the ball back with six minutes and 43 seconds left. And this was like the thing that I took away the most after that game was like, okay, that was impressive because what they did was they ran the ball effectively, but they still faced quite a few third downs. Mm -hmm. And even on third and 16, they were willing to throw the football and trust Justin Herbert to go down and keep the ball in the offense's hands, and that's what they did. They took up the entire six minutes, 43 seconds. How many times have we seen Phillip Rivers or another quarterback check it down? I mean, obviously there wasn't another quarterback other than Justin, but uh, uh, or besides Phillip, excuse me. But how many times have we seen them check it down on a third and long situation and just kind of concede defeat on that down? That was not something that we were going to see from Brandon Staley and his team and his offense with Justin Herbert, and that was definitely really refreshing. I mean, not even that. Like, you're running a draw. You're not even putting it in the quarterback's hands at all. I mean, just like you're, okay, we tried this drive. It got derailed. Now we're going to draw to try to, you know, use some more clock, make them burn timeouts. And it was just getting getting away from that philosophy of, okay, we're going to go out there and, you know, take as much time up as we can. So when they get the ball back, they don't have as much time to go up against our defense. It was like, no, we're going to go. To lose thing. They were playing to win. Right, and that was the game where you kind of saw it would be a little bit different. It was going to be different than kind of some of the ending of games we saw under Anthony Lynn. They were going to put all of their trust in Justin Herbert to go out there and win or lose them the game, but they were going for the win. So to end that game, to have that third down with Keenan Allen on the last one, where you could have easily tried to run the ball. If you don't get it, you kick a field goal to go up seven. There's less than two minutes left. No, they put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands every time on third down on that drive. And every time he paid them back with a first down conversion, and that was just one of the most, you know, motivational things for me in that game was just seeing them doing it a different way. And I think that kind of laid the groundwork for what we ended up seeing from them. Well, and it, and it just solidified all the things that Brandon Staley was saying in his press conferences before. Easy to they say it, not as season. easy to do it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He was saying, hey, right. when the, the game is on the line, I'm going to put, put the football in my best player's hands yep. and, and I'm going to trust him to go out there and get it done. Like I said, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to go out there and actually do it. And Justin Herbert rewarded that faith with continued success. And we saw that early on in this season, Justin Herbert was going to be able to make some really, really clutch throws and clutch plays and big moments. Yeah, I mean, it was only a couple weeks later, you know, when the Chargers are going for it on fourth down to go and beat 
the Kansas City Chiefs, who were coming off of, you know, two Super Bowl appearances, right? And that ended up getting them the win in that game. And that's a game we can cover on another throwback Thursday later on in the offseason. But we definitely learned some things from this first game of the 2021 season, going 1-0, and I think sending some expectations a little bit higher at that point, seeing what the Chargers did, especially against that defense, which was vaunted at the time, didn't end up being as good as we thought it was, but it's like one of the best defenses in the NFL. But also knowing that the run defense was going to be an issue and that reared its ugly head very early on and that you were probably going to have some issues with right tackle with Brian Belaga going down early on in this in this game. Um, So after all the Chargers good that they did, there were still some themes in there that you really did not like going forward. Yeah, I mean, they ran for 127 yards against the Chargers defensive front, but they made the plays on third down in that game. Yeah, that they didn't later on. Right. Because we're like, okay, well, you know, if you're giving up 4.7 a carry, even though it's 127 yards, it's kind of built into the defense. They're kind of playing the light boxes and letting you have that to some extent. But when you saw it like that and you're like, okay, well, if you're going to take the ball away, if you're going to be, you know, be able to get off the field on third downs, it doesn't matter as much. But those third and manageables and things like that will always end up coming back to haunt you. And that's what one of the trends that went through the season, but the injuries as well, knowing that Brian Bulaga had to leave the field. I mean, right then you're like, if you had talked yourself into him being able to stay healthy, he kind of went out the window there. And then yeah. it was just like, he might be done. He might not be done. And that was just, okay, now it's Storm Norton time. So yeah. that, you know, started the, the saga of Storm Norton. But we do have one more segment to get into because we do have the host of the Lockdown now, Kim Becker, coming on the show with the other hosts who are in the championship weekend. That means me and David and one of us will be on there next season when they go around and do this. And it'll just be like you're listening to another episode of the Locked On Chargers podcast. But we have former NFL player Eric Crocker coming on to give you his keys for success for the 49ers. And you also have ESPN LA's Travis Rogers there for the Rams, the Locked On Chiefs, as well as the Locked On Bengals to, to give you the best insights going into this weekend. But make sure you guys hit us up for a frame Friday tomorrow as well because we are going to be getting some voicemails and we'll put out a Twitter post to get your guys' questions. Make sure you're here to interact with us there. But we do have to get into this final championship focus for the final segment of this one and get into it with the keys for victory for the remaining teams in the playoffs. But first, I need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's betonline.ag. BetOnline is the only place that I used to bet for the NFL playoffs. I've been going super hard with BetOnline because they just have the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find. I mean, when I want to bet, I want to bet my way. I want to be able to get the props that I want. I want to be able to find good odds. That's what you get with betonline.ag because if you go to their new updated desktop or mobile website, you guys can go on there and see everything that they have available for the 2022 season and the NFL playoffs going on right now. And you can even save some money and have some free money to play with because if you use the promo code locked on all caps, one word, you can get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's promo code locked on all caps, one word for free money to play with at betonline.ag. Super Bowl is coming up, guys. This is the last big weekend of football we really have. Two games on Sunday. Make sure you get your money in so you guys can get in on the action for one of the big, biggest betting weekends of the year. But it's not just football. It's NHL. It's NBA. It's UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. You can find everything that you're looking for at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Coming up, Championship Sunday is just days away, and we've got to punch two tickets to the Super Bowl. Who will serve as the reigning AFC and NFC champions for the year to come? We'll find out what each team still standing needs to do to earn a conference title on Locked On Now NFL. The big- 
biggest games, the best performances, expert analysis. You are locked on now. You're listening to Locked On Now NFL, local experts on the biggest stories throughout the NFL. I'm your host, Kim Becker, and thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Our Locked On NFL hosts are here to look ahead to the NFC and AFC championship games. Let's start where these teams are trying to get to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. They will host the Super Bowl in two weeks, but first, the Rams have to host the 49ers for the NFC crown. The Biggest Game. San Francisco 49ers fans don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will be their starting quarterback next season, but they do know that he'll be under center to try to win his second NFC Championship game in three years against the Rams on Sunday. With a chance to remain undefeated against the NFC in the postseason, our Locked On 49ers host says the key to a San Francisco victory is Jimmy G not making the big mistakes that could cost the Niners the whole game. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker, and I am one half of the Locked On 49ers crew here to give you your 49ers main key to victory as they travel to Levi South and take on the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. All right. I, I think this, this game, it begins and ends with the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if I had to give just one main key victory here, it's Jimmy G, don't turn the ball over. And if you do, just limit it. So right now, 49ers, the way I see it, Jimmy G, one turnover. That's all we're giving you, just one. Anything more than that, it would be trouble for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so that's going to do it, man. I hope you guys appreciate that. Make sure you guys listen to our show as well, Locked On 49ers, the best show on the Locked On Network podcast. Let's go, 49ers, win this game this Sunday. Matthew Stafford picked up his first playoff win just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's a win away from playing the biggest football game on the planet in the Rams' home stadium. Our Locked On Rams host tells you how L.A. gets the veteran QB to the Super Bowl he's chased for 12 whole seasons. Hey, it's Travis Rogers from Locked On Rams. So here is the one key to victory this weekend for the Rams in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember when you used to play with matches as a kid and maybe you'd get away with it once in a while and a couple of weeks, months, years later, you realize how bad of an idea that was that you could have burned the whole house down? That was the Rams in Tampa against the Bucks. They were playing with matches. They turned it over way too many times. Four turnovers in that game. Somehow they escaped. Somehow they beat Tom Brady despite turning it over four different times. If they're going to beat the Niners, they simply cannot do that. They might be able to get away with one. Two is probably the end of the wrap. And anything more than that, it is absolutely not going to happen for you there. You can check out more about the Los Angeles Rams on my podcast, Locked on Rams, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It is free and available on all platforms, your team, every day. The Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals just a few weeks ago at the end of the regular season, and since he won. So how do the Chiefs make sure that that doesn't happen again with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line? Our Locked on Chiefs says a combination of learning from the mistakes of that game and keeping the momentum going from last week will add up to a big win. But he has more on the details. The AFC Championship game comes down to two things for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Can Patrick the Reaper Mahomes continue his run as we saw against the Bills? And can the Chiefs defense and its staff learn its lesson from the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and that's what it comes down to. You saw an extraordinary effort by the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, to not only get to overtime, but then win it. They don't need to do that. They have to avoid it, in fact, in order to get this win against a team that is nearly as explosive. On the other side, you have to be careful if you're Steve Spagnuolo or anyone out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball to not overreact to what you saw the last time when Jamar Chase destroyed that secondary on a circus catch after circus catch. Tyron Matthews should be back and playing in this ballgame. That helps. You have to adjust and you have to play over the top and you have to try to take Chase and limit him. Not take him away because then you're devoting too many other resources to that and someone else is going to hurt you. I think they're going to play more zone. I think they have to back off and let Joe Mixon hurt them if he can. They'll live with that, and that will get them the win. For more on this game and your Chiefs, check out Locked On Chiefs. We're free on every platform. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe Burrow took a beating last week as he fought his way into the AFC Championship game. And while Cincinnati does already have a win against Kansas City under its belt this season, our Locked On Bengals host says that the team can't get a second one if it doesn't keep its quarterback on his feet. Will the Bengals take down the Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City in advance to the Super Bowl? Hi again, everyone. I'm James Rapine of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And that is the question going into this epic AFC championship game between two teams that played each other this month. They played each other on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium the Bengals came out victorious 34 to 31, overcoming three different 14 point deficits. I expect Sunday to be a different story. The Bengals can't fall behind against this Chiefs team by two scores and expect a rally on the road. But the number one key protect Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times last week against the Titans. He was hit 13 times. And yeah, the offense had 19 points. Well, 19 points isn't going to cut it against Patrick Mahomes. The magic number. 40. If they can somehow get to 40, you feel good about their chances. How do they do that? They keep Joe Burrow upright. If they do that, he can distribute the ball to all of his weapons, including Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and the Bengals just might sneak in to the Super Bowl. For more, make sure you check out the free and the only daily Bengals podcast, Locked On Bengals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's a wrap for us here. Thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every day. For more on the National Football League and your team, make your second listen Locked On NFL and your team's Locked On podcast. I'm Kim Becker. This has been Locked On Now, Locked On your team every day. All right, guys. Well, I know it's always tough to hear about other teams, but that was a great breakdown from some great hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network. But thank you guys for being with here with us today, going through the rookies and obviously a little throwback Thursday session. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, and we need your help because it's Fan Friday. We're going to be dropping those during the offseason. So if you guys want to get your voice on the show, you can call into 323-524-7924. If it's 30 seconds, 45 seconds, that's around what we're looking for. That makes it more likely you'll get on the show. But we'll also put a show out or a post out on Twitter on our, our page at LAC. So you guys can ask your questions on Twitter tomorrow. You can always just tag us on Twitter at LAC and ask us the question there. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, subscribe to the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. We really appreciate all of your guys' support there. And you can find the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. And make sure if you like the show to rate and review as well. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow for Fan Friday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.